Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of The Diz Unplugged. From the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, and we're joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Diana Varley, Corey Martin, and back in the production nook, of course, our producer, Dustin West, along with associate producers, Sean Thompson and Craig Williams. Um, Today we are... uh, going to talk about our friend Bob Varley who passed away five years ago and uh, some of you that listen to the show and have followed the show for years know who Bob is you got to know him uh, when he was on the show he was on the show from the very beginning um, but a lot of people have come to the show since and didn't quite get to know Bob the way we did and the way some of you got to know him and so every year we we, we try and do some kind of memorial to Bob where we talk about him. But this year, on the, with the, it being five years since he passed, we wanted to have a, a slightly different type of, of conversation. And really glad that Diana could uh, be here with us. And uh, we don't want to do anything over the top here. Because uh, for as exuberant as Bob's personality was, at his heart, he was a really simple guy. And... Uh, wanted to just have a conversation and kind of let people get to know who he was. Uh, One of the things we've tried to do since he passed is make sure we keep his memory alive, which is why we named the studio after him. We reference him all the time. Lord knows we have more than a few sound clips of Bob. Bob uh, Bob was classic for saying things that, you know, he was saying them genuinely. He wasn't doing shtick for us that were hilarious um and his ability to mispronounce words was uh was singular i think mojito mojito <laughs> and uh we have a little re- we, we're gonna have a little reference to that coming up in some of our seven seven and sevens this uh, yeah. this month don't we yeah um when we were putting this studio together bob pushed first of all let me just explain that I think Bob joined us in 2000. We moved down here in 2000. In 2000. Joined before that. Right. Well, Bob was on the boards. Bob was a moderator on the theme parks board under the name Wilderness because Wilderness Lodge was his favorite place. Favorite place. And I met, I think we met Bob in 99, mm-hmm. right after we moved, not too long after we moved down here. That's true. And uh, in 2000, uh, Bob. I re- and I remember the first time I met Bob, it was at Palio, the old restaurant at the Swan. He was down here with his friends for his little golf weekend. Yes. And I wasn't that weekend. What's that? I was not. No, that no, he would come down with them without you. Victor. With Victor. And uh, we met at Palio, and it, w- it, was, it was portending things to come because Bob showed up with this massive file of ideas. And. I'm like, okay, this is a crazy person. That I'm like, okay, you know, it's the internet. <laughs> but as as we went through dinner, you know, you you spent five minutes with Bob and you loved him. You couldn't help it. And he had come down again. I don't know how long it was after. I think it was the second anniversary, second or third anniversary of the Diz. We did a thing over at the boardwalk, and Bob was down for that, and um kind of got that's when we all became friends and i remember i drove him to the airport and you know bob just kind of presented himself as this kind of 
you know, Boston guy, and you know, not didn't wear his heart on his sleeve uh, to everybody. And we dropped him off at the airport, and as he was getting on the plane, he was crying. And I'm like, oh wow, you know, that he was really bonded with everybody and was upset that he was leaving. And it wasn't long after that that Bob was. I remember the conversation standing outside the house on Turtle Lane with him when he said, "When do you need me here?" And I said, "I could use you. I could use you now." <laughs> it was. We were down here in Christmas for a long weekend, the first weekend of December of 1999, and we went to the Swan or the Dolphin for dinner at the Italian restaurant there. And we were waiting for your car to be brought up from valet. And I said to you, when do you need him here? And you said, without a drop of a hat, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to California. Yeah, okay. We did the right. We had that con- right, but we had that conversation. But he'd had a conversation. Yeah, you guys have been over the house. We Well, because he was trying to figure out how to get you to agree to uproot your life in Massachusetts and move down here. And the minute you agreed, because you bought, he bought that house. You hadn't come down to see the, the lot or anything. I hadn't seen anything. Everything was sight unseen. He found the lot. Was, but that's, and that was Bob. I mean, mm-hmm. he, got, he got the green light. There was no grass growing under his feet. He was going to go. <laughs> we, he, we were in California when he got the, the settlement for his workman's comp right. injury. And by the time we were back in Massachusetts, he had already talked to a realtor. We had already made, he'd already made plans to get the house cleaned, his mother's house cleaned, everything. And I'm like, my head is spinning. <laughs> and it was, right, exactly, exactly. And, and he, um, I, I remember when they were bu- actually building the house and he was down here and rented a condo. Uh, while the house was being built, he was driving the builders insane. Yep. Um, but every 15 minutes on the phone with you, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And you showed so much trust and faith in him. Um, I don't know if I could have done that, if I could let somebody build me a house and not be there. To- <laughs> he had this little pen size camera that he was taking pictures of and then emailing them to me. At my friend's, I was staying at my friend Peggy and Scott's house. So every night I'd get home from work and we'd pull up the emails and we'd look at all the pictures. And so, so I knew what was going on. From, from the first meeting that I had with Bob, he talked about the show that he had done in Massachusetts on cable access with his son Matt. And we, uh, we have that. We'll have that. We'll have a link to that in the show notes page for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's on the Bob Memorial page. We'll have a link to that too. <laughs> it is, but at the same time, that's where he wanted to go mm-hmm. with everything we were doing. And he pushed me from the first meeting we ever had that we had to do some kind of show. And I kept saying to him, we don't have the money. We don't have the technology. We don't, I mean, it's, we're, not, we're not a cable company. We can't do a cable access show. But it never, ever. And then when podcasting mm-hmm. started happening, we got to do a podcast. We got, I'm like, okay, Bob, what's the format? What format? I don't want to do what everybody else does. I want to do something different. What's the format? And then when we finally came up with a format, well, the original format didn't work well. But then we all sat down and came up with the roundtable idea. And that first show went up uh, 
when was that first show? It was like in early August of uh, 2006. Six. And Bob was the first one to do a video out of the podcast room. It was Star Wars weekend. Right. Sitting at the table with his microphone in front of him. That was the first video to come out of the podcast room. I, I hope I do not offend my, my video team back here who do, does an amazing job with our YouTube channel. To this day, the fa- my favorite video that we have ever produced from this site was the Star Wars Weekends with Bob. That was fun to do. It was. We let Bob just do what he wanted to do, and he was having a blast with it. And, you know, he was such a ham. Oh, completely. You you turned that camera on him, and he was such such a ham. (laughs) And Bob, from the inception of the show, had ideas. And... I had to learn, yeah, always. We'd mm-hmm. show up. We would remember he would show up with mm-hmm. the rolling file well, cabinet. The thing that always killed me was he would ha- take out a piece of paper, and you know how people use a yellow highlighter? Everything on the paper was highlighted. And I said yeah. to him one day, but what's the point of highlighting if you're highlighting everything? And he also saved paper and would print on the back of previously used mm-hmm. pieces of paper. Um, but... I had learned. I had learned through this show, because um, you know, he would come up with these ideas that would seemingly be insane, and but he would wear you down. I was just going to say that. I say the thing with Bob was this is not meant with disrespect, but we let a, we did a lot of stuff just to like keep him quiet, but, but <laughs> just to make but, him happy. But my point, right. my point being, yes, we did. <laughs> but then I started learning that you know what, he was right. Right? No, I would always think he, was, he right. was right. And that's when, that was the first time for me as a business owner, I said, okay, well, maybe my ideas aren't the only ideas out there. Mm. And Bob was the first one that I worked with that I said, okay, if he has an idea, as as long as he's not going to kill anybody, mm-hmm. let him do it. And you go back and look, if, if those of you who are just finding the show, if you can go back to 2006 and kind of focus on those, those segments that Bob did. Those were all his ideas. Um, and seemingly some of them, you know, when we had the discussion about Bob Golf and Bob explaining how Bob play, Bob had his own rules for golf. And that was a great metaphor for Bob. I mean, he had his own rules for life, too. <laughs> and, you know, explaining Bob Golf, uh, doing Star Wars weekends, which was one of his absolute favorite things. Probably the first, no, not probably, the first POV video we ever did. Yeah. We called Cart Cam. Excuse me, Cot Cam. K A H T. Cot. Because that's how Bob said it with his Boston <laughs> accent. Uh, Diana mentioned a moment ago about Bob's workers' comp claim. He had been injured on the job and had to wear a, a, a support boot. And I used to call him Shibuti because he had one shoe in the boot. So I called him Shibuti, shoe boot. And, uh, he um he had as part of that that he had he couldn't he could walk fine i mean you know he was able to be mobile but he just couldn't walk for long distances over a long period of time so he usually had to have an ecv now bob's ecv wasn't like most it was loaded up with christmas lights and stickers stickers life is good yep life <laughs> is good and then he mounted a uh he mounted a monopod to the back of his cart and put a video camera on it and would turn it on and drive through the parks. However, you're saying this like 
this was the logical progression. This isn't exactly how it happened. He started out with a PVC pipe, and he started out <laughs> yes. with duct taping the camera to the front. Love duct tape. Love duct tape. So it was everything. Duct was tape and banana boxes. Uh, yeah. Yep. There was nothing that Bob could not build from banana boxes. He swore by banana boxes. So everything was sort of this progression to get to the point at which it actually worked. But then what happened is, you know, we, we started putting out these car cam videos. And we started hearing from listeners that had children with autism. And they were telling us how important those videos were in preparing their kids. One of the things that they needed to do before they came to Disney World because of the sensory overload and how that would affect an autistic child that being able to show them these videos of, you know, walking through the parks and was really helping them. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Bob passed before he was able to finish doing all the cart cams. And I can't bring myself to let anybody else do them. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, there were certain things that were uniquely Bob's. And, you know, we were talking right before uh, we started recording that Bob's microphone sits uh, on the shelf behind me, mm-hmm. you can kind of see the Webmaster Bob thing here. Mm-hmm. Right, Dustin's going to move the camera out a little bit. That's Bob. That's Bob's microphone right there. Has Christmas my, lights are still on that and microphone. There are Christmas lights, and you know what? <laughs> you want to know what? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Because I, <laughs> I tried turning them on the other day, or yeah. month, his headset's still up there too. His headset is there. Those were those things were retired. I know this isn't great video for you, Dustin, and I apologize, but I don't know where the hell's the Oh, he probably has some certain switch on there to battery, right? Oh <laughs> uh, no, the battery's battery's dead. died. But I'm gonna tell you that battery just died like recently because I swear a month ago. Those camera lights worked, or those uh, Christmas lights worked. But uh, yeah, we retired Bob's Bob's mic and headset, and have never permanently replaced the fifth seat at the table. You'll notice that that uh, since he passed away, that uh, that seat is always somebody else there, um, and that were, those were decisions we made after he after he passed. There's no replacing Bob. There was no replacing Bob. But uh, one of the things that he was hell-bent on getting us to do was what we're doing right now with our video. And when Dustin first came on board, I said to him, you know, we've talked about doing video for a long time. And I've told you guys a story about, I mentioned to Dustin, I'd like to do video, and then Dustin came up with all this stuff and that led to us doing this. But then something happened early on in the process of us talking. We were here late one night, actually starting to get the studio set up. And we were talking about Bob. And Dustin was a huge fan of the show from day one, knew about Bob, listened to the show all the time. And I grabbed, I have a, a, a a bag that Bob had left here on his last show, full of, you know, his notes and stuff. And, you know, just for a trip down memory lane, I started pulling stuff out of it. And some of you that have been on the boards for a while r- will remember. Upside. Oh, sorry. That. <laughs> Bob 08. 
And if you listen to the show, when Bob saw this on the boards, he went nuts and he pulled this out of his bag. You know, Bob for president. We joked around about it. There was a whole thread about it. There was a whole thread about it. The person who created this, Bob 08, was Dustin. It was me. Wow. Many years ago. <laughs> and wow. if you're guessing 08. Yeah. <laughs> and when Dustin told me that, that the guy who is actually fulfilling Bob's dream in this studio <laughs> yeah. was the guy who did that. That's great. That's way cool. That yeah. sent a chill down my... You remember my reaction yeah. that night? <laughs> I was stunned. It was like... <clears throat> yeah, that bag was full of ideas, too. There are some of them hanging, hanging on this cork board we have. Yeah. You, you refer to uh, like Animal Kingdom one day. It's hot as something. And he came it's Af- in. It's Africa hot. It's Africa hot. The next podcast, he came in with a whole list of it's hot as things. You guys. You they guys, are just bizarre. But one, of just- the, one of the things that is not on camera uh, here in the studio is there is uh, almost floor to ceiling cork board on the wall. If you can. Yeah, Dustin, if there's a way to move a camera to kind of show. It should be pretty. Yeah, it's going to be pretty. You, got, you guys are getting the. There it is. Yeah, so just and and this of... and that cork board is uh, full of memorabilia from different events we've done and places we've gone. We always find something and we put it on the board. And there's a few things up there actually that are that are Bob's, and I don't know. Oh, there's Harold over there. I don't know if you can make it to Harold. There's Harold holding a cup. Those of you that remember Bob's puppet Harold um, with the sunglasses on, that with thing the sunglasses. freaked me out. <laughs> you know that thing. <laughs> Is Harold still in the house somewhere? Oh, uh, we need him. Um, <laughs> I find him. I bring him. Where was in, he? In. I saw him. Oh Lord, I saw him sometime. The um, <laughs> it was actually Brian's puppet, but Bob. Bob coming to yeah well of course I mean your 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 husband was always younger than your son um, on some level but uh, yeah so I mean there's a lot of memorabilia up there that he was uh, bringing props to the show when we were only audio can you imagine what he would bring to the show now well this is what I mean you know as we set this up you know because Bob did a lot of video work um, back in uh, 2000 right after we had launched Dreams. and we were going through some of these videos uh, not too long ago. Uh, we had done a promotional thing with Disney called Around the World in 30 Days, where we stayed at one resort every night on property, and then we did a seven-night... Well, we started with a seven-night cruise, and then did uh, one resort uh, each night. It was the original seven resorts in seven nights, but it was all the resorts. And Bob was our... You know, Bob was my right-hand man on that. I could never have mm-hmm. done that uh, this was well before you know uh, sites like ours were doing mass video the way we do now and uh, blogs and live updates. We were doing all that stuff back in 2000, and Bob was our cameraman. Uh, well, I mean, really, he was the producer because Bob helped organize. And you know, calling him my cameraman is is not fair. But uh, I think back to that and the fun we had doing that. That uh, thirty, uh, and it ended with the the second cruise, which I got to go on. Well, that was that was our that was our 
our wind down cruise. It right. actually ended at the Grand Floridian was our last resort at the end of September. And then a couple weeks later, uh, it was in October. Yeah, it was that, the end of October. That we uh, we ended up going on that, uh, we ended up going on a seven night cruise. And, and he did so much work, you felt so sorry for me because I hadn't seen him except to sleep with him and right. eat with him. Yeah. That he sent us on another cruise. So yeah. <laughs> we could have some time together. Some time together, I, yeah. It was one. That was my very first cruise. Was it really? Ever on the Magic, that seven-day cruise. And we, we had a wonderful time. Well, you know, but what I'm, what I'm happy about, at least, is that so much of his inspiration and his ideas still inform what we do today. Mm-hmm. And uh, the number of times, like I said, the number of times I've said is we've done things in the studio. And I thought... Oh, my God, if he was here, he'd be driving us all insane. He'd be driving us insane. He would love this. He, he, this is what he wanted. This is what he wanted. This, this doing the video, the, the live stream, he would love that. That's, that's what he was aiming for to begin with. And I just, I just you know, it was, it was special to me that, you know, a listener who did this when he was alive okay. is the same listener who set this up. And, you know, I kind of believe in fate and I believe in, you know, there's something bigger than Phil. And <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's – and look, uh, you know, I won't say that uh, it hasn't gotten a little easier over the years just in terms of missing him. Yeah. Um, but he's never out. He's never outside our, our thoughts. I know for you, Diana, that's certainly got to be – I go days, weeks, being fine, and then I will have a moment, and it's a moment where something will trigger, and I'll let myself cry for a minute, Mm -hmm. and then I say, okay, done, I'm done, and I'll go on. Um, Those moments are less. Some days it seems like yesterday, Mm, yeah. and sometimes when I think five years, it it was longer than that. I mean, it's very strange. He is very much a part of me on a on a day to day basis, but not always consciously. Right. Um, and they, both Brian and I feel his presence in the house a lot. There's been some interesting things happen. This is one of them. <laughs> and if you would like, I'll share this little thing. When in his travels. He would find these things that said dream or dreams because of Dreams Unlimited. They would make their way into the house. And this little keychain sat on his desk for years. It sat on his desk after he passed away. I remember the fax machine was up there. I'd run up to, make a, to get a fax from work. It'd be there, it'd be there. And then all of a sudden, it disappeared. About probably a year and a half after he passed away. I said to Brian and my friend Mariana, who was my housemate at the time, do you know where it went? Anybody see it? Anybody pick it up? No, it's up on the desk. Okay, fine. About a week later, I have this um, small um, cooler bag that I used for lunches, and I decided I had something left over that I could take with me for work. Grabbed it, something was rattling in the bag. And I opened it up, and there was this. No. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I make the rounds of everybody in the house. Did anybody put it there? And they all just looked at me like I had six heads. 
We have no idea how it got in that bag. I fished it out today because it lives in the bag. And when I go home, it's going to go back in the bag. Obviously, <laughs> that's the way we wanted it to be. <laughs> One of those weird things. Yeah. You know, and there's also, I think, we've talked about it before, but um, the day that Bob passed mm. and I posted on the boards that it was very sudden. I mean, Bob had not mm-hmm. been sick, um, at least to the best of my knowledge, nope. that Bob had not been sick. Nope. Um, and it was a very, very sudden thing and posted on the boards that he had passed. Now, at that point, this was uh, 2008. So uh, the boards had been up for, you know, 10 years, 11 years. And being the guy who owns the boards, I've seen everything that happens on those boards. I, it's 9-11, the kind of the kind of the way that that community came together in the history of those boards i have never seen anything like what happened when bob passed mm-hmm. and thousands of people from all over the world reached out to us on that thread uh through email personally That was when I realized how much Bob translated through this to everyone, that everyone loved him. And you know what? A lot of people say, I wish I'd met Bob. I hear that at virtually every meet we go to, at every event we hold. I wish I'd met him. You did. (laughs) You did. If you listen to the show. You met Bob because that was Bob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, for us, especially for me, I mean, you're pretty much meeting me, except you're meeting me edited because <laughs> Bob wasn't edited. Bob didn't have to be. The Bob that was on the show was the Bob that was off the show. Pure and simple. It was him. And I tell that to people. If you listen to the show, if you, if you loved Bob on the show, you loved Bob. Because that was him. I am so grateful we got to do that before he died. Because a lot of people got to know who he was. And one of the reasons, I know some people, not many, but I've heard it said in whispers that we should stop doing these memorials. That, you know, we get it. Your friend died. Too bad. He's a big reason that we're here doing this. And he made this show better because he was here. He made everything we did better because he was here. And I don't want people to forget who he is. So that is why there are sound clips in here. Like, uh, let's see. Let's see a good one. (laughs) This one. Delete, 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 delete. Bring up the volume on the prize control. Anytime I would slip, because we used to pre-record the shows and not go out live. And so anytime I would say something that shouldn't be said. Delete, 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 delete. Because he was afraid I was going to, because I was editing the shows too. He was afraid I was going to miss it. So he would say that. Um, I actually have a prop from there. (laughs) Talking about bringing props. I believe in naps. 
Bob's big thing was naps. Every tip he gave about going and doing anything, you have to go back to the resort and take a nap. Don't you know nothing? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, guys. These are the levels on these are all over the place, but. And then, of course... Dole whips. You are good. <laughs> um, that one show that Bob was talking about Dole whips and he had a freezer with him and we thought that he had brought us Dole whips from the park and what he brought out was empty Dole whip containers for everybody. But he uh, tried. He tried. They kept melting and he had to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he do a video of like how to make a fake Dole Whip with like cornstarch yes, or something? The, it's, it's on, was, it's on it the Biz Unplugged YouTube channel. He used pineapple juice and he used um, Crisco to make his... I've, I've videoed that oh. in my kitchen. We have to make sure we get a, a link to that, that, that video. That one was hysterical. Tell food. He tried different things. He tried different things before he came up with that idea. And then, of course, there's this was one of my favorites. And I think we went and had an ice cream or something over at Beaches and Cream. And then you kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Bob, had, Bob had so many great, great one-liners in the show. And again, it, just, it was just natural. It was natural uh, coming from him, but he, did, he didn't mean to be funny. But sometimes the things would come out of his mouth, and you'd go, "Huh?" Yeah. And you'd roar, and he'd go, "What?" What I say? What I do? <laughs> um, what about what about everybody else? You know, I'm sitting here commandeering the mic. My big thing with Bob is I know that this would have made him very happy. I think the point where he'd be ecstatic is whenever we do something where we interact with our fans. Always. He was always the one who was out and go and rush up to people and say hi to them in the parks. So when we do our live meets or we do our cruises or we do our live shows, I, that's when I think of him the most. I also think yeah. about like on the ABD trips, like the London Paris yeah. trip, oh. the backstage magic trip, how he would have been... You wouldn't be able to get rid of him. No, these podcast cruises... You'd be everywhere. Podcast cruises. Right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, you know. What about you, Kevin? I have two favorite Bob stories. Tell them. We, you sent us on the backstage magic trip, not the ABD trip, the one where you do here in Orlando. Right. And I was having a knee problem way back then, and Bob said, don't worry about it. I will meet you in the parking lot, and I'll have an ECV for you. And he pulled up in his van, and there were two ECVs in the back of the van. And I thought, well, I have a knee problem, and you have a foot problem. And what are we going to do with two ECV van, ECVs in a van? And this wasn't a handicap accessible van. No, they with were like four ramp. feet off the ground, and they're 400 pounds each. And I thought, what are we going to do with these? He goes, don't worry, I got it covered. <laughs> and he pulled out two by fours. Yep. And he said, all right, I want you to stand at the bottom of them and put your feet against the two-by-four so they don't move, and I'm going to roll the ECVs down the roll, the, the two-by-fours. And I thought, right, what, could go to, what could go wrong here? <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got them down, and we were headed for the event or for the tour, and all of a sudden we were going pretty fast, and a car pulled in front of me, and I stopped, and... The handlebars, which were supposed to be screwed down tight, weren't. They, like, flew forward. And I kind of flew out of my seat and hit the handlebars. And I said to him, we have to stop and fix it. He goes, oh, there's no way to fix them. They're broke. 
<laughs> so it's going to do this all day? <laughs> yes, it's going to do that all day. So I, I survived. My other favorite, we went on a, a Royal Caribbean cruise, and Royal Caribbean stops at Labadee, which is uh, in Haiti. It's part of Haiti, but it's kind of, I can only equate it to Royal Caribbean's Castaway Key, but quite a few steps down at the time. I mean, it was basically a beach with chaise lounges on it, and there was a concrete block building, and vendors, craftspeople, would set up their wares around it and inside it. We had told Bob that you never pay the first price, and he took that to heart. So he would walk around, and they had these chess sets carved out of onyx. And he, would, he said to the very first man, how much is it? And the man said, $85. And Bob said, I'll give you three. <laughs> and I pulled him aside and I said, I don't think you've got that. I'm not sure you have, you, you have to come. I can so see that. You have to come closer to his price. You can come down, but to three. He said, all right. So he turned around and he said to the man, like now all of a sudden he got it. He turns around and goes, all right, I'll give you five. Come here. <laughs> Still don't think you got it. He goes, no, I got it. We walked around, and every person where he found one of those, he would go through the same conversation again. I'll give you three. Well, we did this for an hour and a half. And we find, I, we, people just kind of finally started leaving me alone. It was just Bob and I at one point. And I thought, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I'm just going to kill him. So we finally got to a man, and this went on for 20 minutes, and they went back and forth, and the man finally said to Bob, all right, I'll do it for $5. And Bob said, I don't really want one. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I walked yeah. away from I, That's it. You're on your own. I'm not doing this anymore. They had a run out of Haiti like this. The scene later is a lost ark with people we, throwing we things at you. It was just... Plane. Bob was always... You would start thinking about it, and Bob had planned it. Bob had charts and a laser pointer and he wanted your watch so you could synchronize watches so oh, everybody yes. was on the time, yes. same time and he would do a dry run he did a dry run on Haiti he did he got off the boat and came back sweaty and said alright I know where everything is and, you know John and I were like we were trying to hit that lunch breakfast crossover so, you at know, the we, buffet we were having brunch at 1045 yeah. and Bob was like I know where everything is I thought Bob the island's as big as this dining room calm down but he was always we went to a, a thing at the premium outlets. They used to have something called the Taste of Celebration, and it was three nights. And by the time we got there, he not only knew where I should park, he knew how exactly how many dollars I was going to need because he had tried all the good stuff. You'd get, you'd get that call. You'd be 20 minutes away. I have a spot for you. Yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes away. I'm not going to be there for a minute. You might get run over. Move out of the spot. And the same thing with hand, uh, going to all these events like Mickey's Very Merry and Not So Scary. He would send the itinerary a month before. Okay, we're going to do this. There was no commando covering with him. It was Everything was down to the minute. And every the, conversation started with, well, you're going to need to roll a duct tape at a panel, Dan. <laughs> do you have any yellow cake uranium? It's like, Bob, I don't have yeah. any of that stuff with me. Do you have a cotter pin? And I said, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what the heck's a cotter yes. pin? <laughs> well, but that was part of his desire for everybody to have a good time. It was. Yeah. He wanted to make sure that he knew where everything was and he had stuff for you. He knew what you wanted to eat, what you liked, and he had it all scoped and, out. And, yeah. 
you know, the, the other thing was is that, you know, there'd be times that we'd need to get information, whether it was on the cruise line or whatever. And, you know, I go up and I'd say, can you give me this? And they're like, no, we can't. And then Bob would go up. Oh, sure. Here you go. He would but, put his elbows on the camera <laughs> and just lean into them and he'd say, okay, here. It was something about his personality that people responded to. And they don't with me. And Bob's, and we, we use this expression to this day, Bob's expression was, they can't hit you. They can't hit you. So I might as well ask. Go ahead and I ask. think that's pretty much out there. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people have repeated that back to me. They can't hit you. And they'll ask me for something. I say, I can't do that. And they'll say, you can't hit me. I think, all right, you're right. You yeah. can. Well, no, then I say to some people, yeah, I can. <laughs> but, no. but you I, can't hit me back. But that was, that was, that was Bob's, you know, that was Bob's attitude in going after something. So much information um, that we would need to get for whatever project we were doing. Bob was my go-to guy. Go get Because I knew, I knew if Bob couldn't get it, nobody could. Nobody could. And because he, he would just, he had this way about how he approached people. And he was a Disney fan's Disney fan. You talk about how he would plan things and synchronize the watches. And that's what appealed to him about the site when he first found the boards was that, oh, my God, there's this massive community of people just like me. They're as crazy as I am about planning these trips. And he just loved doing all of it and being able to do it for a living. I'm so glad the last years of his life were spent doing for a living what he loved. But he also had, I don't mean not but, in addition to all that, nothing was too far away. We have to drive to Lake Okeechobee to get this. And I would look at the map and I'd say, Bob, do you realize how far Lake Okeechobee is from there? This is like a day and a half. We can't drive to Lake Okeechobee to get the cotter pin. He insisted on helping. Like, like well, when, when, when we moved out of our apartment to our house, we didn't ask him for help, but he insisted. First, he said, Corey, you need to go to Publix. Ask him for banana boxes. Pack everything in banana boxes. They're really sturdy. So, you know, I didn't get any banana boxes, and he was so upset. You didn't get banana boxes? He shows up at our house. Uh, him, brought his friend Mike, Mike. bought Brian. Third, third story apartment, moving into a house. He insisted on helping from until every last thing was out that apartment. He also always offered to drive us to the airport. Yes. And Bob lived in Claremont, and we live in St. Cloud. It's an hour <laughs> away, and I'd say, Bob, my brother lives around the corner, and he'll drive. Now I'll do it. I'll come get you. At 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. In the morning. Yep. Didn't he drive you to Miami one time? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He did. That's um, like a three and a half I, or four hour ride. And I said this, I said this at his, at his uh, memorial, mm-hmm. that Bob was always there for you, whether you wanted him to be or not. <laughs> now, I'll give you, I can give you an example. When Walter and I bought this house... Um, the movers were late getting to my apartment to pack everything up. And they uh, then after they got everything packed up, the, uh, uh, their truck broke down. And so we were, we were supposed to be here at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's 10 o'clock at night, and we're still not there. Bob and Mike were here waiting for us because they were going to help get everything set up. While they were waiting, they cleaned every square inch of this house. And this is not a small house. This is not a small house. They cleaned every square inch of this house. Waited. 
and at 10 o'clock were directing the movers about where things needed to go and how things needed to did not leave until he knew we were all set up if Bob met you and you needed a place to stay and that you're like this too then we, we, we got a, we got an extra bedroom we got the Murphy bed he met you 10 <laughs> minutes ago he met you 10 minutes ago but you were welcome in his house, and he would cook you breakfast, or you would cook them breakfast. No, he cooked. He cooked. He, was the he cook. cooked a lot. He cooked a lot. He did. He was, the cook. He was a good cook, well, too. He was a very good cook. Too. When he injured his foot, his ankle, at work up in Massachusetts, and I was working long days. I had a job that was pretty demanding, and I'd leave for work at 6 o'clock in the morning, and he'd be toddling downstairs in his jammies, turn on the computer, and I would come home 10 hours day later. <clears throat> there he was. And there he was still in the jammies at the computer with the dishes from the day in the sink. And, hi, dear, what's for supper? <laughs> and um, about a month and a half in, I went on strike. I went upstairs, changed, came downstairs with my purse and said, whatever you want for supper, cook it and clean, clean up your dishes. I'm out of here. I'm on strike. And I left. And we had... One of those early cell phones, the box that um, you plugged into the car, and it wasn't portable. You couldn't take it out of the car because it only used in the worked in the car. And about a half an hour later, he called me and said, "Will you come home?" I said, "Have you, have you cleaned up the dishes? We're working on it." I said, "What's for supper? Can you bring something?" Click. <laughs> 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 and so I went to my friend Kathy's house, and I cried on her shoulder for a few minutes, and we were having coffee, and about 45 minutes later, he calls her house, Diana there, because he knew I was going to be there. Yeah, <clears throat> so I get on the phone. Have you cleaned up the dishes? Yep. Dishwasher's running. I said, what's for supper? He told me. Okay, I'll come home. So I went home, and... I said to him, I know your ankle hurts and you can't stand, but you can cook meals. It takes me an hour to get to work, an hour home, eight hours there, and sometimes longer. It's not fair that I come home to dishes piled in the sink and no meal. Well, he took it to heart, and he became the chief cook. I won't say he was better um, than me. But he was much more adventuresome. He would get the cookbook out and find a recipe, go to the store, get everything he needed, and make it, and it came out good. He really did. All I mean, he always, especially when he, was, when he was on the grill. I mean, he would do some great stuff in the oh, yeah. Those baked beans, oh. his Boston baked beans were to die for. Yeah. I do mean, you remember were, the Thanksgiving? He decided he was going to deep fry a turkey, and yes. we all stood on the other side of the house. Right. We thought for sure it was going to be airborne <laughs> at some point. You talk Bob about that. Introduced me to the deep fried turkey. Yeah. You talk about that cell phone. Bob was ahead of technology before it was invented. Before we really had Wi-Fi, you remember his house where there would be cables run everywhere. Yes. To every he had computers in every room, and everything was set up that way. Um, he always tried to have the best, newest cell phone and make it work the way he wanted it to work. Remember the Nextel? I was just going to say, the <laughs> biggest mistake we ever made oh were the Nextel two-way radios. <laughs> Bob used that. I mean, it's, there would be times it would be midnight. Right. <laughs> Click. <laughs> and he had an expression. 
Wakey, wakey. Oh, God, yes. We were sitting in a bank with the president <laughs> of the bank. John was doing something. And this thing went, wakey, wakey. And then there was another thing. Where in Central Florida are you? That was a big thing for him with you, Diana. He would yeah. do that all the time. Where the in pres- Central Florida are the you? The president of the bank said to us, who is that? <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about it. And I got outside and I said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> well, he would say, where in Central Florida? Because if he asked me, where are you? I'm saying, I'm in Florida. Oh, so you're to blame. Oh, it's your God's fault. That's my fault. <laughs> and if you were at a restaurant of any kind, he was going to drive there and meet you there. That was fun. Bob oh, yeah. was a, he was my sushi partner in crime when we covered oh. the, the opening of um, Tokyo Dining at Epcot. That oh, was yeah. an event. That was a fun event. See, one of, my, one of my favorite memories, probably my favorite memory of Bob, was not too long before he passed, uh, we were doing a review of The Contemporary. It was the first time I got had gotten to stay in the new, the new rooms at that point, and uh, we were. He was my wingman when I would do these things, and we were going into the Magic Kingdom, and we had a plan of all the stuff we were going to do, and I had mentioned to him that I had never got had one of the cinnamon rolls from the Main Street Bakery. Well, this was a crime. You have to have a cinnamon roll. So we got cinnamon rolls got coffee, went around the corner in front of the ice cream shop, viewing the castle, right next to the plaza restaurant, got a table, sat there, and we didn't move for hours. We sat in that spot. We never got further into the park. And I think the only time we got up from that table was to go into the plaza and have lunch. And I have a picture somewhere of Bob with the woman who was like the mayor of Main Street, uh, one of the streetmosphere characters who was in the restaurant at that point. And then, you know, he's calling people and, you know, friends, friends of his are coming into the Magic Kingdom and they're sitting there. The Dapper Dans came up to the table, like right in front of us and like performed right in front of us. Never left that spot all day. It's the only time I've ever done that. But that was Bob. Bob could for as energetic as he could be and as much as he could run around and go here and go there bob also had the ability and the passion to sit in one place and just enjoy where he was i did i really had never had the experience of doing that until him we just talked about him on the cruise ship we just got off the freedom and we were sitting between the two restaurants the two upcharge restaurants portofino and chops and we would talk about the fact that Bob would get people to do whatever he wanted. We were on the Disney Magic one time, and he decided he was in, uh, we were in Palo, and the, the dining room was serving escargot. So he had the waiter bring him four orders of escargot. <laughs> I learned that from him. And the waiter yes. said, but that's all the way downstairs in the main dining room. Bob said, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it. Then one night, we were on one of the Royal Caribbean ships. And we were sitting in the buffet and Chops or Portofino was serving a lobster tail. And Bob said, can I get a lobster tail from the upcharge restaurant? And the man said, no, sir, you have to eat there. He goes, I don't want to eat there, but I do really want the lobster. And it turned into a lobster tail for all of us. And the man finally just, it was like, okay, fine, I'll go do it. Warm down. I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. One of the 
I forgot what, I think this was in 2001. As a matter of fact, I'm positive. It was in August of 2001. Uh, we went on a cruise. Aaron was with us. And I was uh, your not. Your daughter. You were not. And um, when Cruise Line first launched, it was like lobster tails for everybody. There were lobster tails right. on Castaway Key, and there were a lot. And on this particular cruise, there was no <laughs> lobster being served. And we were eating in Palo almost every night. And Bob was lamenting to our server how much, how upset he was that there was no lobster. And the first port we got into, St. Martin, that night we had dinner in Palo, and there was lobster. The server got off the ship and stocked up on lobster so that Bob could have lobster every night. That was... um the guy from Australia. Yes, yeah. And, uh, and uh, Marco, Mar- Ma- Mar- 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 Mauricio. 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 And yep. <laughs> who now owns a bed and breakfast in the Netherlands, I believe. Oh, you're yeah, yeah. So he saved his money and he, he told him. us he was going to do that and he did it. Um, and, uh, uh, but yeah, that, that, yeah. But that's what people would do for Bob. Do you remember an event we went to behind the beach club out on the beach? And we got pirate ears. And it, was it was a, a travel agent event where we invited to those travel agents and a ton of people on the beach. Oh, beautiful God. food set up. Yeah. Well, they had lobster tails. And there were no tables left. So we were eating on what we thought was a garbage can. And Bob, I'm a big boy. Bob could out eat all of us sitting Oh, the yes, table. he could. He layered his plate. <laughs> and he would start and work from the top down. This was the salad layer. And then there was a, well, I'm going to guess over the course of the evening, Bob ate nine lobster tails and we were sticking them in the garbage can and he told us all to do it too. And we filled this garbage can with lobster tails and the woman came across and said to us, do you realize that's the dirty towel bin? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) He could put away some serious food. something, Something I learned from Bob was when you're out at a restaurant, and you have a meal you really love, you order a second one to go. Yes. So you can have it again later that night. That was one of the things I think that helped get me to 275 pounds. <laughs> we spent the, the weekend in Cocoa Beach, and there was a restaurant right, right uh, by the hotel we were at that made me think of Bob as Boston Seafood. Boston uh, seafood, Beef, and, beef seafood. and Seafood. The guy's from New England. It was right there. It was, it was, it's moved since uh, Bob and I ate there, but we went there, and he got a container of fried oysters to go. And the drive from Port Canaveral all the way back to Orlando where I think I was driving with the container of fried oysters in the middle and we're just eating fried oysters. <laughs> we went to a restaurant called Boston's Fish House. Yes. One night. And it was there were six or eight of us and everybody had takeout containers and John and I felt bad so we asked the lady for empty takeout containers and we carried them because <laughs> they couldn't believe that we didn't buy extra food because we go. didn't know the trick that you were supposed to buy food to bring home so I said lady everybody has like six or seven to go containers can I just have two empty ones it was you know all these stories and things that, that we're telling you know for those of us who knew Bob um, none of this is strange or unusual this was who he was. What I'm really hoping for those of you watching and listening that weren't back in the day, that trust me on this. Go back. Go back to the old shows. 
Look at some of the videos we're going to put links up to. Get to know them. Get to know them. And you'll understand. You'll understand why he engendered so much love from people that thousands of people that never met him sent condolences and good thoughts. Go look at the thread on the boards. Go see how people reacted when he died. People that never met him cried when he passed because he had this very, very special personality that that touched a lot of people, certainly everyone in this room sitting at this table. You see the emails that come in now where people are finding the show now, our new listeners. Yes. They say, okay, I go. I went back to the beginning and I listened. They know what happened and they still cry when yeah. they get to the episode yeah. of Bob's Pass. We did a segment about a naturalization ceremony. It's probably the thing that people think is the funniest thing we've ever did. Post to go out of Mexico. <laughs> it's also one of the ones that got us in the most trouble. Yes, it did. Yeah. We got people were divided. They either loved it or absolutely hated it. However, one of the funniest things, I have it on my iPod. One of the funniest things, we're all funny and everyone's laughing. The funniest thing is that Bob doesn't stop and keeps trying to bulldoze through <laughs> with this very straight face. And all you keep hearing is he'll start the thing over again. And we were running him down. We were running him over. We talked around him. We talked over him. And again, I'm sure we're going to get an email or two about this. It was all stuff that had been said on television. We were repeating things and still got hate mail from it. Everybody loved Bob, told us we were rude to him. <laughs> and Bob smiled through the whole thing. You couldn't video. We didn't video then. But he would just, he would start over very calmly and try and get through the whole segment again. <laughs> and it never worked. It just never worked. I don't know that any of us have laughed harder. On this show than that episode. It was uncontrolled. It was just uncontrolled laughter. That was funny. Yeah. It was funny. It was but, and funny. it was all, it wasn't stuff that we had, you know, made up. And I also, I understand, I understand that in that particular show, you know, what we were saying was politically incorrect, uh, you know, but they were jokes. We weren't, we weren't being mean. We weren't, you know. It's the single thing people talk to me the most about, especially older listeners. Why is that not there? And I say, don't, no, don't ask. Don't, it don't just, start it, it over it, again. Yeah. People got very upset. Some people got really, really upset. And, we, you know, we're, we're here to do a good show and we want to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when, people, when, when that many people get that upset, all right, whatever. But I will forever. Post to Guadamexarico. <laughs> I don't have my headset in. What is that? Post to Guadamexarico. <laughs> <laughs> that is from Will and Will Grace. Grace. Yes. It's not something we made up. It wasn't, we weren't being racist. It was, I was repeating lines from a TV show. When Karen said to her maid, I found you serving ceviche on a dusty soccer field in Costa Costa Mexico," (laughs) And he just kept trying. And he just kept powering through. He just kept powering through. Um, I want to ask the guys in the back. um, uh, I I, I know Dustin listened from the very beginning. Um, What was it like on your end? You were a listener who found out the way most of our listeners did 
about his passing. What was that? What was that experience like for you? For me, I was uh, I was on the college program when it happened. So I had on oh, my second college program. I had been listening for a long time, and then I got so busy working at Disney uh, between January and the end of May of two thousand eight. I, I hadn't been listening to any episodes, so I come back instead of catching up with the episodes. I just go to the most current one. I'm like, okay, something's different here. Had to go back, and I was like, oh my god, how did I not know this? And I look on the boards, and it's like everywhere. And so it it kind of happened without me uh, knowing about it. I, I kind of had that other experience that John was talking about, where you go back and you listen to it, and it's like it's happening all over again. Yeah, you know, and not in real time. That's what it was like for now, me. Now, Sean, were you were you listening to the show in those years? No, I wasn't. I actually caught in later, so I wasn't a listener then. Um, but I have since gone back and listened, um, and I have listened to episodes where he's been on, and uh, it's just different. You know, it's it's like what you guys explain when listeners find the show and then go back. You you live it, so yeah. you you see it just like it was there. It's just happening later. Just so the guys back there understand that where we started, the entire podcast studio was from. Halfway through the corkboard to that wall over there, we were all in the area you were in. The production nook was the original that was studio. It. That was it. And six of wow. us around a table. And Bob, Bob <laughs> always had a load first because Bob's seat was Walk in front of that window. And God forbid Bob had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> we <laughs> all had to get up. Everybody else in the room had Everybody to get up. Everybody had to get up and go. And the hallway outside here is not all that grand. I mean, it's a, just a hallway in a normal house. And five of us would stand <laughs> And you couldn't go back in and sit down because everybody had to come out so that Bob could go back and sit down. Yeah, no, I don't remember. Did we knock this wall down before he died or after? I after. don't. After. after. Was it after? Yeah. After. Okay. Okay, after. That, yeah, that was part of the snap. We put all the equipment. I knocked the walls out. Bob is the first contemporary that I lost. Mm. He was the first. I mean, my grandparents passed away when right, I was a kid. Right. But they were your grandparents. Bob was the first real friend that I lost. I agree completely. Yeah. But he was my first friend I lost. And, and then since then, I've lost my, mo- my dad, my mom, my best friend all through my life, and my dog. But Bob was, it's been a long five years. Bob was the first person, and I don't know if I felt we were invincible or that I just didn't give it any thought. Bob's death knocked the stuffing out of me. I didn't handle it well. Yeah, it was a surprise. It was a complete surprise. It wasn't as if he was sick and there was something that we could right. prepare for. It was completely out we of the We were doing blue. a restaurant review when you called I, us. I remember. We were in Trails End Buffet. To this day, we can't go back. Will sent me a text, and you know, it was just so it hit me. It hit me so fast. I'm like, wait, something's something's not right. You called John, and John kept saying to you, Corey, are you joking? Corey, is this a joke? Yeah. And it was horrible because you can't leave Trails End Buffet. You have to wait for buses. And I had my mom who was in a wheelchair, so we had to wait for a wheelchair bus. And we were all trying to get to your house. Bob's death knocked me down. It was like I it, I wasn't prepared for no, it. Maybe I, I guess that says I'm lucky. I, I, I remember driving over to your house, Pete, and you know you weren't answering your phone. I'm just banging on your door. I was taking and, a nap. God, you opened the door. I'm like, and I'm coming down the hall. I'm I was taking a nap, and I'm coming down the hall, and like somebody's pounding on the door. And I, I don't know if you heard me say it, but as I was coming to the door, I'm saying, somebody better be dead. 
Jeez. Because that was my expression. Like, if you're, like, calling me at 3 o'clock in the morning or knocking on my door like that, somebody better be do you remember dead. The, do you remember the big weird thing? The last episode we recorded with him, you said, we'll all be back, God willing. Mm-hmm. Did I really? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to tell it was a, a weird. Of, it was a weird sort of... I say that. I don't remember that. that. It was something you've never said before. But you said it at the end of that show. The last talking? thing we all did together, we went and saw Wicked. No, which I can't listen to the soundtrack. I can't, I can't either. It, mm-hmm. And I loved that music. I loved it. Loved the yeah. Loved I it. can't listen and to I, it. I can't. The last time I, I saw Bob was in the Bob um, from uh, he was up in the uh, upstairs yeah. in the Bob Carr Theater. Now I have a funny. It's kind of a creepy funny story. We all came to your house and we were all sitting out on your back porch because the police made us leave. Right. We all had to sit outside. Bob was still inside, and they had to wait for the coroner and things. And Diana came out and said, he got up. No, he must have been feeling better. No. All he, did, all he she, she said, she came out and she said, he got up. Oh. And we all sat there. And we, to see the look on Corey's face? Yeah. We all did the same thing. We went, what? And you meant he had, but there was like 12 of us there. And we all sat there in stupid silence thinking, what does she mean? And you had meant he had laid down and gotten up. We talked about that all the way home because it was like you came out and we thought, was this really a joke? And it wasn't. No, yeah. it wasn't. We had we had a, a flood of emotions that week. The same week uh, we found out that uh, right. that Bob died, we found out Julie was pregnant. It was just a flood of emotions. And we, especially, especially that because you guys had been trying. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I mean, you're putting a lot of effort into that, right? And I remember you told me that the night yeah. we were at, the, the night he died, we were at, at Diana's house in the driveway, you told me. Yeah, it was and it was something else. You know, for me, I couldn't wrap my head around. Bob had been such a part of, I mean, everything we did, whether it was with dreams, with the show, with the site, with the boards, didn't matter. Bob was a part of everything we did. He was just part of the fabric. And I remember I kept saying to myself, I, I, I never wanted to do this without him. I got to do this without him. I've got to do the show without we him. We thought about stopping. We really did. We did. Yeah. We thought I, very seriously. We did stop for a while. Yeah, we had, we to, had, take a, to. We had to take we had a break. To. We had to. I mean, I mean, emotionally, I don't think I, could, I couldn't handle Bob it. Bob understood. You talked before about he never, he was very authentic. Bob also understood his part in this Bob took our abuse all yeah. of us yeah <laughs> people would write to us and tell us how mean we were to him how mean we were to him and I would try and explain to people that we went out to dinner with Bob and Diana and our friend Saturday night we recorded the show and we're going to go out to dinner with Bob and Diana again Saturday yeah. night so it's not it wasn't that we didn't like him we loved him he, however he understood that that was his position, and and Bob loved that role, yeah, right? Loved and that's that what I'm trying. That's the point I'm getting at. It was never us being mean to him, right? It was just how we interacted, right? Mm-hmm. And he understood. He played, and that's not even the right word. Bob was the straight man. Yeah, he would say the stuff, and we would react to it, and you could tell that he enjoyed. Oh, loved it. That we reacted to what he was saying. Mm-hmm. He liked that other people were reacting yes. to what he was saying. Bob, Bob understood his place, and I don't. That's that's, a, that's not the right way to role. say it. He, it's role. not. It's not even a role. Bob knew 
what piece of the puzzle he was. Is that better? Because I don't yeah. want to belittle it. It's not that right. he was the straight man and we were the funny people. Because he was funny. Bob was the one who was funny. He and just. Bo- and Bob was also very involved in the production behind the scenes, mm-hmm. in the segments that we would produce, right. in the technology we would use, in the content. Bob was very, very, very involved. Um, you know, if it was the structure we had today, Bob would be producer of the show. Nothing, to, nothing against you, Dustin. It's okay, but you'd However, have to you'd have to fight him to the death for the role. Seven thousand more wires. <laughs> That's true. They Stuff would, would be, be hanging across the ceiling. There would be duct tape on the walls. Yep. No, it's why I, I said, like I said, a million times as we were setting this up, I'm like, oh, God, if he was here, oh, he'd, he'd be out of his mind. He'd, he'd be, be out of glory. his mind. He'd love it. And you would, have to, uh, you, would have to, you would have to fight to the death for a seat behind that switcher. <laughs> yeah. Because that was his, for as comfortable as he was on camera, his, his natural habitat was behind the scenes. However, there would have been a foot pedal thing where he was running everything with his feet. <laughs> exactly. his and, like a church organ. That's true. Yeah. Well, you mentioned how when he passed away and you started that thread uh, announcing how stunned you were about the knowledge of the impact you guys were having on people. He had become aware of it over the previous year or so. Um, people would come up to him in the parks on that when he was on his little cart and, you know, stop him hesitantly because in their minds this was this celebrity. Big celebrity and he was a real guy. Natural and I'll never forget my first um inkling. I mean he kept telling me this stuff and I'd go, Yeah, okay, right. We were at Epcot. The anniversary that they kind of threw together in shame. Yes, yes. Uh, that little building with stuff about the building of Epcot. We were in that little building, and he had all his equipment on the cart, and he was walking around the different displays taking shots. So I'm sitting on the cart waiting for him to get done, which was often where I was while he was in the parks doing his thing. And I hear behind me two young people, obviously from Great Britain, going, is that Card Kim? Is that? Oh, I think that's Card Kim. That means Bob's going to be here. And I turned around and I said, yes, this is Card Kim and I'm Diana and Bob's over there. Will you tell him that we just love listening to the podcast? I said, go tell him yourself. Yeah, really? And they looked at me and they said, <laughs> So they, they go over and they say, Bob? And he talked to them for a half an hour, mm-hmm. took their names, mentioned their name on the next podcast. And they were just like, they left that building with these great big grins on their faces. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my goodness. Bob was also the one who was the most visible. I was just going to say, yes. that's because, we, yeah, he yes. would be there out among people the most. And he, he was driving a parade float for all intents and purposes. Yes, yes, yes. he was. Yes. Do you with the Diz Unplug shirt on. The last... Um, <laughs> candlelight processional we went to I do you guys were sitting and we were a few rows in front actually we were way up front you were in the back in the handicap section with your mom and dad and those podcast people people listeners were sitting in front of you and at the end they were talking to you and all of a sudden she seems Bob's walking up and she's practically walking on people to get to him I remember a candlelight processional 
before Bob's mom passed. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do this. I wasn't. It's okay. And he sat there and he held his hand. And Bob's mom, towards the end, had memory issues and things like that. And she sang every yeah. word to every song. And Bob sat there with her and held her hand and sang just as loud as he did. Mm-hmm. I remember that. My mom talked about that forever. She couldn't put more than two words together. But she knew every word she to could every sing song. Every Christmas carol every one they, of the Christmas they songs. sang. That was that was oh. our, our new Christmas Eve tradition when we moved here was to go to the Christmas Eve. Ours podcast. too, we went with you. Yes. Haven't been able to do that since. I think yeah. that's part of what people don't understand. We kind of didn't go anywhere alone. When people used to talk about how bad we treated Bob, that it was like nobody went out to dinner by themselves. Right. I mean, it was He was involved in all our lives. The Borg? We went like away the as the Borg. We nobody went on a cruise without informing other people that we were going. So right. it was always there was always a great big group of us. And yes. you know. And even though even though it has been five years since Bob has passed, I like to think that his memory and his influence still permeate everything that we do, especially uh, here on the show. And I just want to say to those of you watching and listening who did not get to know him uh, or who just started recently, please go back. Um, even if it's uh, listening to some of the highlights that we've put together over the years, we have links to all of that in the show notes page, disunplugged.com, uh, where you can watch some of the videos and listen to some of the shows that we had considered some of Bob's best. Um, take some time and and go back and, and watch and listen. And you'll understand what we're talking about and why this man influenced and impacted us all so much. He was a wonderful man. And we all lost something tremendous. The community lost something tremendous when he, when he left. And um, I want to thank Diana for coming in well, thank you for and, and uh, sitting fun. with us. And thank you guys for being with us that's going to do it for our bob memorial show thanks everybody and please 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 um go back listen and watch and get to know bob all over again we'll see you next time thanks